You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson while Lyle is fixing the kitchen. Yeah, that's right. That's why he's not here. He's got he's got kitchen fixing to do. <laughs> got got to fix those kitchens. Mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. you got to do, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we uh, we miss you, and we do want to just say hi while he's uh, fixing those <laughs> kitchens. So hopefully you're hopefully you're listening. Correct. Well, we've got some text messages. We got all kinds of things to talk <laughs> about. But but, but but before we get into that, we are going to have another question for the quiz. How can a believer in Christ know what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God? So this is multiple choice. Ooh. A, by the renewing of one's mind. B, by speaking in unknown tongues. C, by being conformed to this world. Or D, by forsaking Christian fellowship. Shell, I feel like you made this one a little little bit easier. <laughs> but that's okay. Let, let me read this again. How can a believer in Christ know what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God? A, by re- the renewing of their mind. B, by speaking in unknown tongues, C, by being conformed to the world, or D, by forsaking Christian fellowship. I Which... just want to give a little clue. Be transformed. Be ye transformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful. But, hey, we have, if you know the answer to that one, our prize for this week, Bibleopoly, the board game. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you want to enter the draw to get in. You just have to answer that question correctly. Is it A, renewing of one's mind, B, speaking in unknown tongues, C, being conformed to this world, or D, forsaking Christian fellowship? And you can conquer capitalism by working collectively through the church. <laughs> Bibleopoly. Bible, <laughs> powerful. Powerful. All right. Text you know messages. what else is powerful? What? We got a powerful text message. Uh huh. And I'm excited about it. Uh-huh. I'm actually pretty excited because it's it it's kind of an interesting thought. Uh-huh. So I want to share it with you. You ready? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Good morning. Blessings. Question. Mm-hmm. After God formed man, then it was the Sabbath. Uh-huh. So surely Eve must have got pregnant on the Sabbath. There's no way a man could be presented to his bride and not have made love to her right away. I've been told women have a lot going on in their bodies when they are pregnant. So possibly Eve wasn't herself when Satan attacked her. Just a thought. Have a great day, Wayne. Wayne, I think you're on something here. Really? I do. Is that what you... Okay. I, I, I think you're on... Well... The part that I think he's on to something here is when he says, uh, women have a lot going on in their bodies. <laughs> that's, that's the part. Ah, <laughs> that's the part. okay. Like, that's yes, where like, correct. wow, this is, this guy's And I don't wise. know, I don't know, I don't know at all anything about that, but I do know, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that part of it. But, but the other part of it, mm. we actually answered this not too long ago. Yeah. Or well, you and Lyle. Uh, well, essentially the, the question was, well, how long after the creation did the fall happen and did they have kids before the fall? That was that was the essential question. Did Adam and Eve have kids before the fall? Because yes, being newly created, fertile, in love people, they would have you know had sex. Like they they that that would have happened. Uh, but the the speculation is, but okay, if, you know how long of a time period was it? And yeah. It is just a question that can be speculated over. What we do know is that they did not have kids before the fall. Yeah. Because if they did, the Bible would have recorded it. And I think Lyle talked about speculation. you got to be careful with speculation. There's some stuff that like we just will not know the answer to until we're sitting you know, at the feet of Jesus and we're having a conversation with him. That's right. And he's teaching us you know, the word 
while we're in heaven together mm-hmm. or here on the new earth. So it's a fun thought. And, yeah. and the part that I definitely take away is there's a lot going on in there and we don't know what's happening. So <laughs> I, I totally agree, Wayne. Uh, thank you for sharing those thoughts with us. And I, I do think that the way that Lyle and you guys tackled that question, even though that's a different question, yeah, uh, it was it was a great way to I- explain yeah. how, yeah, there there has to be a short period of time. But maybe producer Shell can give us some insight. Do you think the uh, the the hormonal the hormonal struggles of pregnancy was what led Eve to fall to? I think sin? that hormones would have been perfectly balanced. At that stage, ooh, mm. power move. Good even point. if so, even if she was pregnant, she would just, uh, perfectly pregnant. She would have been perfectly pregnant. That's right. You know, everything would have been still perfect. Wow, and there wouldn't have been any um, imbalance. So we can't blame the kids. That's the fall. That takes responsibility for ourselves. So, because Lyle's Lyle said this is speculation, but. If he had to guess, it was maybe a month at the most after that the fall right. happened after creation. So potentially, what what we could what we could think there is that at it, like Eve was pregnant, but perfectly pregnant, and that's why it's commented by God in pain you will give birth. Right. Ooh. Like in a reference to the mm. fact that hey, you hey, are you're, you're pregnant. You're yeah. ready. You're like you're on the journey. You're on the way. And this will now be a painful experience. But again, if she wasn't pregnant, he still could have said that because that was one of the great outcomes of the fall. But regardless, he could be saying it because that is an experience that she's currently going through. And that's something that she, because she was expecting. Again, we're speculating. (laughs) My biggest takeaway from this is perfectly pregnant. Yeah. I just love that. That's deep. That's that's awesome. She was perfectly pregnant. She was perfectly pregnant. Shout out to everyone out there. Just if if you're pregnant, you're perfectly pregnant. Amen. It's okay. <laughs> well, maybe not now. <laughs> Why? Okay. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you guys have any thoughts, then then let us know. How do you think this this situation went down? Yeah, I would yeah. like to know for sure. Also, shout out as well to send us a text. Mm. Like uh, if you have some questions for us or if you have a comment to share, mm. text us at 0491 mm. And we're going to dive into our oh, Just before we God. do, yeah. I just wanted to make a just a, just a quick comment. Just uh, I said something in the first hour of the show in regards to our story about <laughs> marijuana, about <laughs> medical marijuana. I'm not saying that, uh, that I believe in, you know, go and get your card and, and go and <laughs> ingest marijuana you know, in a in a in a medical sense for all of your different ailments. As we've said before, like we here on the breakfast show, we are supporters of r- responsible health practices. Um, we are against the recreational use of drugs. And when I was talking about, like, so, but one thing in regards to um, responsible health practice that I support because the Bible supports is the idea of palliation. So, if someone's like on death's door, about to die, the Bible says, like. You give that person something for their pain, something for their pain, which yeah. at the time was alcohol, because, you know, that's the only kind of numbing agent that they had. Today, we can use palliation, palliative drugs like like morphine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I had a very extensive conversation with this with a, about this with a Christian doctor. And they were talking about palliation in the process of, you know, kind of jacking someone up on morphine just before they go out um, and and how it, it, it's very helpful. And it's again, it's something that the Bible supports. And that's when I was saying, oh, yeah, I guess marijuana, there is some circumstance. I'm talking about stuff like that. I'm not talking about, you know, yeah, you know, getting your card and going and, 
you know, recreationally using recreationally yeah, or recreationally using like, you know, any, any sort of any drugs or, or even, you know, then like there are those kind of sketchy circums, not sketchy, but I'm like, you know, kind of balanced. Like where it's like, oh, I have anxiety. So my, my cure for anxiety is marijuana. And as, and as a person who has come from that background and who has had those struggles, I can say that, yeah, I, you, it's not needed. Mm-hmm. You know what is needed? God. I don't want to go too heavy. Like, I, I really believe in the healing power of God. I am someone who previously used to take antidepressants and now doesn't take antidepressants. Um, and I'm not against people taking antidepressants, but even that, an antidepressant, like a, like a pill, um, uh, that is prescribed, even though it's something that I have gone, moved away from because I believe it's no longer needed in my life. And I'll, I'll get off this tangent in a second. Um, but it is different from lighting one up. <laughs> so that I'm, I, that's that, yes, you know that's just correct. how I feel. That's how I think. That's my opinion. That, yeah. That's that's and and I'll and I'm I, happy share. It. I think too. I think it is important to say like different people have different biochemical structures within their sure. mind, and through the supervision of a professional medical person, yeah, like do what your doctor prescribes if it is the right thing for you in that situation as well too. Mm. Especially when it comes to you know I have a lot of friends and and family too have dealt with bipolar disorder mm. you know schizophrenia um mm. you know depression anxiety and medication can help the biochemical structure sure. within the mind and so i want to be very clear like i i definitely am supporting yeah. under medical supervision we're doing uh using yeah. the tools that we have at our hands to balance our minds yeah that all being said neither blake or i or shell none of us smoke weed so we would tell you guys to do the same that, that's our that's our summary of, of okay <laughs> you're listening to the breakfast show contact us on 0491 hey let's let's get into our bible study please yeah. please let us open the word let's of God. let's let's Absolutely. get it done oh blake what are we talking about today well, we're, we've been talking about uh, resurrections mm-hmm. in the OT mm-hmm. and New T uh-huh. before yeah. JC. Yeah, <laughs> outside of the resurrection of Jesus himself. Absolutely. Mm. And, and I think, you know, we were looking at yesterday, we looked at all the different statements throughout the Bible that, that resurrection throughout the Old Testament was something that was understood. It It, it is a, it is, we, we talked about, you know, how, there have been different thoughts and different mindsets in regards to the state of the dead and our immortal soul and all these different things. But regardless of all those thoughts, the Bible is very clear. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the resurrection in the life. And that is a conclusive statement on a ton of commentary throughout the Old Testament in regards to the resurrection that that, that was something they believe and they understood. Those who were Bible expositors and Bible writers throughout the Old Testament, they believed and understood in the teaching and the doctrine of the resurrection. But now we're going to talk about some examples. Yeah. Well, and the example that I want to start with is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Oh, wow. It's mm-hmm. the story of Moses. Yeah. Now, this happens way after Moses. Uh-huh. But we're going to go to Jude 9. Uh-huh. Okay? So, uh, it's crazy because Jude doesn't have more than one chapter. So, I'm so used to saying, you know, like John chapter 3 verse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 5 or whatever. Um, we don't have that opportunity in Jude because it's 
Just one chapter. This is so we're in Jude, Jude 9. 9. Straight. Skip the chapters straight to the verses. Uh, can you read that for us? Okay. The Bible says, But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not, or the archangel, uh, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot to unpack there. Yeah. Uh, so... Michael the Archangel. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if I want to unpack that today. Just, yeah. The, the, Michael the Archangel is a topic that we, you know, who exactly that is, is a topic that we have talked about many times right. on The Breakfast Show. And our ultimate conclusion of that is that if you do a review on Michael the Archangel and who exactly that is, it's very clear that it is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Right. In fact, we talked about it last Friday. It was right. That was the last time we, we dug into... Michael the Archangel and who he was. Okay, so mm. we've established that. We're moving past that. Um, in contending with the devil, so Michael the Archangel, who we have established is Jesus, like you have said before, um, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Mm-hmm. I find this really interesting. There's basically a kind of a political battle or like Mm. a debate happening on the merits of Moses's body Mm -hmm. and the resurrection. So the enemy is kind of saying, nope, he's mine. But then you have Michael the Archangel, Mm -hmm. Jesus, explaining, nope, Moses is mine. Mm -hmm. And we're resurrecting him. Yeah. You know, it's interesting here, as it says, like that it was Michael who didn't bring an accusation against him. Uh, And we assume, you know... Satan, or potentially Moses, but I would say, like, again, trying to work out, okay, what's happening in this situation? I think it's talking about Satan, but he says to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Mm-hmm. He says, the Lord rebuke you. And it's like, well, why didn't Michael, like, why didn't God bring an accusation against Satan? Like, you can't take him because you're this, that, and the other. What is Satan, what is another title for Satan in the Bible? The deceiver. The deceiver. The, the dragon. The dragon. Beast. The beast. <laughs> yeah. The enemy, the, the devil. enemy, the devil, the what does that word Satan mean? Oh, uh, I believe it's the one that the, the one who deceives, right? Well, I, I thought or it was the, the accuser. accuser. Yeah, yes. you're right. Sorry, the it's accuser. The accuser. Yeah. So, so the Satan's method, method, you're right, his method, his strategy is to the the reason Satan is saying, "Oh, Moses is mine," is through accusation. Wow. Is through accusation to say, oh, he's mine because he did this, that, and the other. Um, and God's response is rather than through accusation, he said, well, basically, he, Jesus, as our advocate, says, no, the Lord rebuke you. Actually, Satan, uh, I've saved this person. Yeah. There is no place for accusation to be made. It, it reminds me a lot of, uh, I believe it's in Zechariah, about the, we're talking about yeah. the high priest. Zechariah 3, verse 1. That's right. Yeah, Joshua, yeah. yeah. And and so the same kind of situation happening. We're getting accusations kind of on trial in the court. Mm. And then we have the, our high priest mm. stepping in on our behalf and saying, no more accusations. Mm. No, stop it. Not mm. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a common theme for the enemy to accuse mm. us of everything that we have done mm-hmm. or even some things we yeah. haven't done. And definitely, like, Moses was a follower of God. He was the, the meekest man on the earth, self-proclaimed. Uh, nah, we always make fun of him for that, but at this, it's just true. 
It's, mm. it's just simply true. He was a sincere follower of God, but there was stuff that Satan could accuse him about. He was responsible for the death of a person. Oh, for sure. He, you know, many times got angry. Well, a few, few key and a few key he places. Struck the rock. He struck the rock and, and was angry and upset. Uh, and there would have been accusation to bring against him, but rather, uh, Michael here is saying, no, the Lord rebuke you. Mm-mm, sorry. And as a result, Satan, you know, has no claim over. And this is the, this is the key part. This is the, the clincher right here. Mm. Moses's body. Moses's body. Mm. The question is, well, why are they fighting over, over the body of Moses? Right. Isn't Moses, like, again, under a different model of understanding the state of, de- of the dead, wouldn't Moses be in heaven being judged? Right. Why are they having a battle over the body of Moses? It doesn't say... Unless, of course, that's not true. That's right. And Moses isn't saying anything here. He isn't included in this discussion, mm. so he must be dead. Mm-hmm. So they're having a dispute over the body of Moses. We read very clearly yesterday where the Bible just says, oh, it's in body in which we see our Redeemer. You know, he will restore our bodies. You know, we sleep in the grave, we're restored, we, you know, resurrect. And we, we look at that model at the very end of time where the resurrection takes place and we're taken by Jesus, you know, to heaven. Um, and, you know, that's where this execution of judgment happens and, and whatnot. But uh, we see right here in this circumstance that they're having this dispute over the body of Moses once he has died. And the question is, well, why are they having dispute? And the dispute is over because, you know, this isn't taking place over everyone's body. It just talks about, and it doesn't say that it's taking place. We don't have other examples of this happening. It's just happening over Moses's body. And the reason would be because Moses is going to be resurrected. Now, the thing is that I think about, though, is that the Bible doesn't say here Moses gets resurrected. Mm. Neither does it say in Deuteronomy when Moses dies that he gets resurrected. Neither does it say in Joshua, the following book, when Joshua takes over the mantle as the leader of Israel from Moses. Does it say that Moses gets resurrected? We just see this weird verse. It's just kind of... Out of nowhere. It's like, what? What's going on here? But I believe this was written by Jude to give context to a moment that actually happens in the time of Jesus. Mm. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it's in Luke chapter 9. If I'm in not either Luke chapter 9, Matthew chapter 17. Uh, we Which go, version do you want to go to? Let's go to Matthew 17. Okay. That's, that's, that's my favorite like version. That version. Yeah, that's right. Matthew 17, what we call the, the transfiguration. So, interesting thing, while we're turning there, I actually did a Bible Lands tour in 2019, mm. and I went to this place that it is believed to be the Mount of Transfiguration. Ooh. And what's so interesting is underneath this place, mm-hmm. it is there is a very pagan temple that was in place, uh-huh. and it was basically where they worshipped Satan, essentially. Um, wow. And uh, up on top, it was believed that this is where uh, Satan fell like lightning from heaven and where Mm. he landed. Now, who knows whether that's real or not. But I do find it interesting that Jesus uses this location to have the story that we're about to read, Mm. right? To set the scene for what's about to happen in his declaration of who he is, mm. right? So it's on top of this pagan mountain that Jesus 
is declared to be the king of the universe. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM with Blake and Lawson. We've got some text messages here, but are are we doing the quiz of the day? We're, we're doing the, 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 the quiz. Yeah. Like the quiz question, the last quiz question. Oh. Yeah, and then we're going to continue on with our Bible. Study. I have some text messages too that I want to yeah. read out, but you go first. I'll go first. That's right. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. He becometh blank that dealeth with a slack hand, but he but the hand of the diligent maketh blank. So that was fill in the blanks right there. Let me read it one more time. Proverbs 10:4. He becometh blank that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh blank. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our Bibleopoly board game. But again, that question, he becometh blank that dealeth with the slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh blank. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. We got some text messages here that have oh. come in that I really want to share. Number one, I just want to address this very, very first. Patricia, she sends in, please don't shame people for taking meds. You don't know what's happened to them to break them. And Patricia, I just want to say to you, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and, yeah. And no, no intent to shame yeah. anyone who who is taking medication. I have taken medication in my life as well yeah. too, and it, you know things are tough out there in this it, world. I I pulled my back last week. I couldn't move. I took medication. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and the and the yeah. mind is just like the same as your heart, your liver, That's your right. kidney. Like when you need to take medication for your mind. Uh, totally support yeah, that. 100%. And no shame at all, Patricia. Yeah. Just love. I think nothing but love. We were just commenting on the methodology, yeah. potentially, you know, and, and and that's our that's our right. That's our opinion. The next thing we have is from Raphael. Yes, I just love that name because it reminds me of the Ninja Turtles. And I'm sorry, Raphael. Raffi, Raffi, I'm pretty sure is Spanish as well, like the guy. Really? So you know, this is well, this is the Ninja Turtle with the red. Uh, bandana. Just oh, throw okay. that out there. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, and Raphael sends in this question. He says, "Hey, the question from Wayne seems to be trying to excuse sin." Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Hmm. Bible and, sil- uh, and spirit of prophecy is silent about when she got pregnant, but is more towards children after the fall. You know, Raphael, I just want to say, when we give a reason to why sin occurs. We give excuse to it, mm-hmm. and so I totally agree. And I think that that's a, that's a it's a good point. Like we don't yeah. want to we don't want to say, well, it probably happened because of this, or it probably happened because of this, or probably happened. No, no, no. There, there's no excuse for sin. There's no reason it came into the world. Like it's an it's an evil thing. Yeah, and that by God's grace, uh, we have a plan for it to be annihilated. Mm. And to have a new heaven and a new earth that is coming. I'm looking forward to that day. So thanks for uh, giving us that insight, Raphael. Uh, very important stuff. Yeah. But we were talking about the Mount of Transfiguration That's right. in Matthew chapter 17. Yeah. Lost, what verse are we starting? Let's read it. Just verse 1. It says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up to the high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared dun, and dun, begun dun. talking with Jesus. Now, this is this is where this is this is where I believe Jude is giving context to this story here. And 
the reason is, okay, we know why Elijah is there. Well, not why, but how Elijah is there. Fiery chariot, straight up. He just jumped in the chariot and went straight up. You know, whereas it's like, well, Moses died. Mm. And the other thing that I see here is that this is the only time in the Bible in which a saved person Mm -hmm. appears on earth. Other than... Samuel, but we know that that's through the Witch of Endor. It was a demon. Yeah, was a it demon. was yeah. Satanism and spiritualism. Like totally that. different. Totally situation. different thing. This is, but these guys are appearing with Jesus in reality. Because the thing that would make a, a, a doctrine like you know sleeping in the grave and waiting for the resurrection, the thing that would make that crumble is if we saw examples of dead people, it, it was dead saved people appearing as ghosts. You know on the earth to people, mm. but we never see it in the Bible other than this story right here, which now we have context to from Jude and verse nine to show us, Oh, well, how did uh, we know how Elijah like, got how there? How do we get from point A to point Z? Yeah, that's right. How did we get there? Oh, well, they had a dispute over the body of Moses when Moses was resurrected and taken to heaven. Now the question is like, why though? Right. Like why? 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 Well, well, why? What? Why? Why? Elijah and Moses? Why? Why take Moses to heaven and resurrect him? Well, I believe. Why take Elijah to heaven in a chariot? Yeah. Well, I believe that, uh, and it's. I think it's important that Elijah and Moses are there. First off, I want to say. So I want to come back to that. But first off, I want to say. How did they know it was Elijah and Moses? I've always thought, did they wear name tags? Like, hello, <laughs> my name is Moses. And you're like, hey, I know you. Or maybe Jesus was like, hey, my, Moses up, and Elijah, boys? hey. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it's an interesting thought. But uh, however it was, they definitely knew mm-hmm. that it was Elijah and Moses. Elijah, in a symbolic way, represents those who will ascend into heaven without mm. tasting death. Mm. Moses represents those who will ascend into heaven after death. That's right. I'm not, I'm not saying ascend into heaven once they die, but from the resurrection. Uh-huh. Interesting. And then an interesting thought as well, too. At the second coming, we read this in First, Le- First Thess- Thessalonians. Couldn't say that word there for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the meeting place of those represented by Elijah mm-hmm. and those represented by mm-hmm. Moses. Mm-hmm. So we have in the clouds of glory, right? Those who are alive at the second coming of Jesus, the very literal, very real, very soon second coming of Jesus, and those who have passed away but are resurrected from their graves and meet in the clouds, in the sky, with Jesus. Because when Jesus comes back, he will never, his feet will never touch the earth. And so we will meet uh, with Jesus, with, uh, you know, all the living and all the dead who are then raised at the first resurrection, the resurrection of life, what which uh, Revelation 21 talks about mm. and Revelation 20. And so it's important for us to to recognize there's symbolism and purpose to this story. But I love the fact that you're talking about Jude is really kind of giving us the the little in-between. Hey, mm. how did Moses get here? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. This is because of the contention between the enemy, between the devil, and Michael, mm. the archangel. Yeah, and I also love to dwell on it. It's like, well, why were they coming to talk to Jesus at this point? You know, obviously it's like, okay, we have these two examples for us, but why are they talking to Jesus? Well, this story here is not far away from Jesus' death. It's True. just a few chapters later when Jesus arrives to Jerusalem for the last week of his life. And 
I, I, I think that it's beautiful that they come to talk to Jesus in the transfiguration because, as you said, they represent, firstly, those who will be who will ascend without tasting death. They represent, secondly, those who will die and be resurrected. And coming and talking to Jesus very soon before he dies is actually too great benefit to Jesus yeah. um, to encourage him to say, you know, this is what you're doing it for. And we know that Jesus was under pressure big time. You know, he's in the garden of Gethsemane, like, Lord, you know, if it's your will, take this cup from me, but your will be done. Right. And right. And God, the father is speaking to him in the same story. Like mm. while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed. So this is talking about Peter who was speaking. Mm. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I well pleased hear him. This is the second time that God mm. the Father says this at his mm. baptism and now here mm. in his preparation for the sacrifice that is going to mm. remove sin from the world. And so we go back to this whole concept of through the resurrection, we see the hope of glory, which mm. is Christ in us because we're accepting him into our lives and we're able to see this beautiful resurrection uh, power taking place through Jesus. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're on Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. And we have some questions that are coming in. Can you read that top one for us? No, no, I can't. Because we've got to do answers to the quiz first. Oh, I just want to jump into this question. I'm so excited about it. We've We've been talking about this question. We're super excited to get into it. But before we do, a couple of answers for the quiz. Elijah ran to Jezreel before Jezreel before which king? That was King Ahab. It was Michael was the or Michael was the wife of David, uh, who was ragging on him for dancing before the ark. It was the prophet Joel who wrote, "Rend your hearts and not your garments." Powerful statement. Uh, it was. You know, the, the question is, how can a believer in Christ know what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God? A, by renewing, by the renewing of one's mind. And finally, fill in the blank. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. That's some, some very good career advice right there. I want to just give an extra point. I'm doing this all the time now. You, uh-huh. can't, you guys can't stop but me. You this is try. the answer. No, I'm giving one more extra one. <laughs> To the reference for renewing your mind. If you can give the Bible reference, give them an extra point show. We've already Put them in. Answered. Doesn't matter. They can find the answer, send it in. You get an extra point. You get in the drawing. I'm making it happen. All right, but fight right me. now it is time for. Question of the day. Okay, we don't promote violence on Faith FM, but uh-huh. I will fight you guys on this. <laughs> okay. Uh, Marilyn asks, why did God speak to the prophets with voice and presence, but we no longer hear or see God as they did? Okay, great question. There's a, a lot of different ways to answer this question. Uh, I want to use the scripture to do so. Amen. And uh, ironically, that's the answer, <laughs> the scripture. <laughs> Uh, but uh, here's uh, from Second Timothy chapter three, and I'm going to read from verse 14 all the way to 17 because there's uh, there's so many little points that go along with this question perfectly. Like, why don't we hear the voice and presence of God the way that we used mm. to uh, back in the day with the prophets? Uh, it's different. Well, here's why. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Mm. So we already know these things. 
Keep going and learning them. And that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. And when we talk about man, we're talking about the mankind, this person of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, why would God repeat himself if mm. he's already given us the answers to these things in the scriptures? Now, mm. I do believe in the spiritual gift of prophecy and for God to be able to do that even in this time and mm. this day and age. But again, why would he need to send another prophet when everything that we have for our salvation, wise for our salvation, is made known to us through mm. the Holy Scriptures? Or why would he need to make all of us prophets? Why, why would he need to, to show up to all of us? You know, I think of like Hebrews 1 verse 1, you know, long ago, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. It's like, basically, it's like now that Jesus has come and has been the consummation of everything that the prophets previous to him talked about. And then the prophets that came after Jesus, the the few of them, you know, until the end of the New Testament, give us summary and conclusion and commentary on those things. What more needs to be said? It's it's, uh, the redundancy of the situation. Mm -hmm. When we already have answers to the scriptures, when we already have the... The solutions to life's problems that are given to us through the word of God, mm. it is unnecessary to continue to send prophets mm. to tell us. Yeah. Is it then unnecessary to connect with God? Is it unnecessary to have a relationship with him? You know, we're not taking to this to its illogical extreme here. We're saying, no, have a relationship and a connection with God, which can be produced through having an experience in his word. And then speaking on prophecy, will will prophecy ever come back? You know, I I go to Revelation chapter 10, and the the previous chapters is talking about the very end of time, the final world events. You get to chapter 10, it talks about this amazing spiritual experience that that happens. And and in the very end, it concludes with then, then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. And basically it's saying there will be the gift of prophecy restored before the end of time, but not in the sense that everyone is going to be a prophet because there's just no need. And it reminded me of a time when my son asked me, hey, dad. Uh, and I was like, yeah, what's up? And he was like, we talk to God by praying to him, but how does he talk to us? And I was like, good question, mm. through the scriptures. Mm. And it was kind of similar. It reminded me of what our question of the, of the day was with mm. Marilyn. Like God talks to us through his word. That mm-hmm. he has given to us and made amply available to everyone around. But I have a text message oh. that someone has talked to us. It's Wayne again, mm-hmm. and I love it. Uh, it says, that is an awesome answer, perfectly pregnant. Mm. So hard to imagine uh, what it would feel like to live before the fall being perfectly made. Thank you. Absolutely. Man, it would feel good mm. to live before the fall and just not have all the crazy stuff going on in my mm. head all the time that I'm like, wow, that's, right. don't let that out. Swollen on ankles or. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. that was crazy. Yeah, I had facts. a big swollen ankle. Talk faith, live faith, faith, act faith, act faith <laughs> and you'll grow strong, strong in, in Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.